All right, thank you, Jeff. Uh, good to see you guys. Just a question for y'all. Did anybody look at the topic this week and just say, I'm out? Like, I'm just not going to show up? Because here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab. This is not characteristic of everybody. This is a broad generalization, but you suck at this. <laughs> and so do I. All right? And so we're just about to dive in for 20 minutes to this thing called uh, rest. And we're going to talk, Terry's going to come up towards the end and talk about fasting. And I would just, when I looked, I like, Derek, why in the world would you put these two things together? So I'm like, I, I looked at it this week and said, I'm out, right? And I, and I was teaching this thing. So what I want us to do is just together as I get a chance for about 20 minutes or so just to kind of talk about rest, and then Terry talks about fasting, and then you guys sit around the tables and get to talk about this together. I, I, here, here's my goal for today. Is I, I just want us to take it on, right? Let's, let's grow a little bit in these areas, and I tell you why I care about this so deeply, and that is I would not be standing in front of you and be the campus pastor at Plano if I, if, I have, if I hadn't made some progress in this whole area of rest. And so a little bit of the story for me is been in ministry for 35 years. I came to Christ in 77 and really started doing ministry in 1981 and have been doing ministry ever since and have loved it, have always had joy, felt like I've been called to it. And even when I was in the business world, I was spending a ton of time hanging out with kids and young life and loved it. And so about five or six years ago, we started thinking about the kids building over at the Dallas campus. And I was the children's and family director over there. And they said, hey, Kyle, build a kids building. And I'm like, do what? I, I can't even hammer a nail right? What does that look like? Oh, you can build a team. You can build, you've built teams for all these other things. And that was really good for my ego, but that was really bad for my soul. Because what happened over the next two or three years was, man, I dove in like all of us would do. Man, I don't know how to do this. I got to figure this out. And so I'm in meetings and I'm in meetings and I hear words I never have heard of, right? And so I go back after the meeting and I Google, what's that? You know, and so we start building this children's building and all this stuff happens. Here's the summary of all that mess. I was the orchestra director and I could not play an instrument or read music. And so I'm working all kinds of hours to figure this thing out. I'm working out of my giftedness. I am not a construction guy, okay? But I'm in 10 plus hours a week in meetings talking about construction. And it all goes good and we do build a team and all that kind of stuff, but I get to the end of that and I was characterized by indifference, stressed, up at night, waking up at night, worrying about, hey, this stairway, this stairway is gonna be five feet into this area where people are gonna be traveling. What do we do about that? And so uh, you could characterize me at the end 2000 or the the yeah, I'd say January, February, kind of that season after we opened the building is being burned out. And so I, I went to my buddies on staff in Dallas and just said, hey guys, can I, can I take a little extended vacation, kind of late spring, early summer, and figure this stuff out? 
And so they said yes, and I just went into, what in the world is a rhythm to life? What in the world is rest? What does that mean? If I say rest, I think all 150 of you in this room say lazy, right? And so what is that? Here's what I would tell you. Rest and fasting, the two things we talk about are gifts from God that help us grow in our relationship with him. That if you will begin to grow in these areas, you're gonna love God better, you're gonna love others better, and you're gonna do a better job at making disciples. And so let's together ask God just to help us, right? Just to, we need to take some, we need to take ground, and I need to take ground. I, I, I care about it deeply, I'm not good at it but I do care about it. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. So Father, thanks for the privilege this morning just to take some time to, to, to talk about these two things that are a means of grace for us, but that we're just not good at it. We stink at these things because our culture drives us so far away from these things. Constantly, these things don't matter. They're not important. It's not helpful. And your word says that it is and that it matters, and that it helps us love you, love others, and make disciples. And so, Father, would you convince our hearts and minds of that this morning? And so I pray that in Jesus' name. All right, well, here we go. I'm telling you, your culture, where we are, tells us that rest and fasting don't make any difference. It just doesn't matter. But the scripture does say something different. And so I'm gonna put a continuum on the board right here. And so this is, I just want you to kind of self-disclose to yourself, if you wanna share it later in your small group, it's fine. But where would you put yourself on this continuum of kinda of on the passive lazy side of life, like your flesh defaults to that, or on the far side of what I call the tyranny of the urgent? And all that means is that you tend to prioritize the urgent things over the important things. Okay, so kinda of self-disclose what we want in the middle is to be on mission with a healthy pace of life. We don't wanna be lazy or passive, but we also don't wanna be in this place called the tyranny of the urgent because of what it leads to. And here's what I will tell you. Most of you, your feeler is broke in this area, okay? It doesn't work. You think, and I'm just characterizing broadly, that being closer to the tyranny of the urgent side you think that's good and cool, okay? You think moving towards the workaholic side a little bit, I don't wanna be a workaholic, but I wanna live over here. You think that's healthy and in the middle. So does our culture. And so as we go into the scriptures today, I just wanna tell you the goal is Jesus and Paul. And so as you read the scriptures, I want you, just as you go forward in your life, to think about what does Jesus say about all of this? It says that he pulled away early in the morning, right? Often it says that. And so that can be looked at as like, hey, inactivity at times, not important. Okay, but our Savior says it matters. But I also like to look at Paul because if you read Acts and the epistles, you know that Paul was getting after it, right, from place to place to place to place to place. And so he was on mission. So this is not laziness, 
Okay, this is what is a healthy pace and a helpful rhythm to life so that I live well with Christ, so that I can love him, love others, and make disciples. And so here's where I'm going this morning for the next 15 minutes or so. One, what are the dangers to your soul if you don't do this? Secondly, I'm gonna convince you that the solution, hang on to it, don't check out, is this thing called Sabbath. Don't freak out on me. Okay, hang in there, we're gonna talk about it. Okay, and the third thing is how, how, do, we, how do I challenge you to start to change in this area? So those are the three things we're gonna do and we're gonna be done here in about 15 minutes. So here are the dangers. Number one, it distorts our ability to prioritize and make godly, healthy decisions. So I'm gonna talk mostly to those of us because I think it's most of the guys in the room that are overcommitted, that we're busy, that our feeler is broken on what's healthy because we think tyranny of the urgent is healthy. Okay, and so it distorts our ability to prioritize our life. The second thing that it does is that it creates individuals and families that live in a state of anxiety. So probably the biggest danger if you, if you live in this tyranny of the urgent area is to your family. Because here's what happens. You give a great deal of your time and energy to work or whatever that is, and when you prioritize that, the things that fall away or number one, the time and energy to disciple your children. And secondly, the time and energy to set up a environment for your wife where she can become all that God created her to be. And I would tell you that those are two really important things. But when you don't do this well, okay, when you don't have a rhythm to your life, a holy rhythm to your life, those are two of the things that get pulled back and are not prioritized. And I'll just tell you, um, probably two months ago, I had, probably within about a week's time, I had a couple of good buddies, guys that would be sitting in this room that love Jesus deeply, that are sharp, great, successful in the business world, and they described almost the exact same thing, that they were, one guy was on a plane and all of a sudden freaked out, okay? And so they literally, before they took off, they had to get him off of the plane because he had this high anxiety, high stress attack. The other guy was a guy that was here at Watermark for a long time, was a good friend. I served with him for a few years in the children's ministry. And he described that his, he was balled up in the middle of his floor, could not make a decision, could not go to work, could not lead his family, and his wife is like, in both of these cases, the wives are like, what is going on? And as I met with, and these guys are 37, 38 years old. I'm like, what is going on? And in both cases, okay, it was stress. It was exactly what we were talking about. That the weight of their lives, all that they were trying to do with young children and jobs and all the stuff that they were doing, the weight of all of that was heavier than their soul could bear. And so there is a danger here, guys, if we don't do this, certainly that we're not gonna prioritize our families and other things that matter, 
but two, that there is physical health issues that come if we don't get this thing right. And so the third thing is not paying attention to your soul is a major contributor to illness, depression, family chaos, and addiction. And then lastly, and most importantly, and this is what's crazy about this, and the enemy, Satan gets a ton of credit that the further you move, okay, into this tyranny of the urgent, it just keeps building, it keeps building, it keeps building. The further you move into that, the further you may, you move away from the answer to the problem. Right, because Jesus is the answer to the problem. And the more you get, it may, look, I'm not saying don't get promoted. I'm just saying with promotions come with responsibility and activity. And the more that you gain that stuff, the more responsibility, the more activity that you take on, the less time, the less ability you have to be on mission and at a healthy pace. And so what I want you to hear this morning, guys, is that, man, we just need to start paying attention to the health and the state of our souls. And the way we do that is Sabbath. So let me ask you guys a question. Is your life right now heavier, the weight of your life heavier than your soul can support? I just want you to, to think about that. And let me give you a little litmus test, again, so you can kind of self-disclose and then hopefully share that with the guys around your tables. So the scripture talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're a Christian, a Spirit-filled Christian, I mean that in the most biblical sense possible, right? Those are the things that should characterize your life, okay? But think about your life. What characterizes your life? So here was some of the stuff that characterized my life during that season that was building to this place that, hey, I, I just, I kind of don't care. For the first time in my life, I was like, eh, I'm not excited about going to work. I'm not excited about doing ministry. And that's crazy. I've had 30 years <clears throat> where I've loved it. And all of a sudden, I'm waking up in the morning, eh, I'm indifferent. And so maybe the unfruit or the fruit of the unspirit or whatever we want to say is moodiness, indifference, anxiety, short-tempered, self-centered, no impact on others, undisciplined. And so that's really the litmus test. What characterizes you? Is it the fruit of the spirit, those things we just talked about? Or is it those things I just mentioned? What is it? And so again, my goal this morning is not to produce guilt, not to produce shame, but to get us to pay attention, okay, to our souls, to start to take ground in this particular area. So let's look at the scriptures if we can. And so the first place we want to look is creation. So this is in Genesis chapter 2, early on, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. It's important, verse three. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He set it apart. God set it apart because in it he rested and all his work, which God had created and made. Theology question. Did God need to rest? We got a problem if he did, okay? 
God didn't need to, why do you think he put that in there? That's for, that's for us. He modeled it. He knew that he had created us as human beings and that this idea of Sabbath was critical for us, that this needs to be practiced. Now, you guys, I did a message on this on Sunday morning back in the spring, and I unpacked the whole deal about the Old Testament law, do we have to keep that? The New Testament law, do we have, you know, how does that work nowadays? Here's what I would tell you. You don't have to keep the exact practice of Old Testament law now. You don't have to pick a day and do 24 hours. What I would tell you is you do have to practice the principle of Sabbath. Okay, you don't have to do the practice just like it looked like in the Old Testament, but the principle is critically important. And so, Really interestingly, there's two places in the scripture where the 10 commandments are talked about. So God talked about it at creation, it matters. And then Exodus and Deuteronomy are the two places where the 10 commandments are talked about. Obviously, keep the Sabbath and make it holy is one of the commandments, but it's so interesting, it's different. It describes what you do on the Sabbath in both of those places but then it has a different outcome. So why in the world do we keep the Sabbath? Why is that important? And so look at the Exodus passage, verse 20, chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner, which that's a guest, if a guest is living with you, who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God is talking about this in Exodus and he refers back to creation. He says, do this because I modeled this for you. Why in the world would he say that? Okay, and it's a really simple principle. Okay, and that is practice this. Let me say it. The way I want to say it is just you imitate God so that you find out that you're not God. You imitate God so that you figure out that you're not God. My problem, if I don't wake every morning and remind myself that I am not God, is that I think I'm in control of this whole, all this stuff that's going on around me. And God said, this matters. Imitate me so that you can figure out that you're not in control of all of this stuff that's going around you. That's one of the reasons God gave us the Sabbath. Okay, that's from Exodus. Let's look at Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy, same thing happens. <clears throat> I'm not gonna read 12 through 14. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 12 through 14, because it's the same thing. It just basically says, here's what the Sabbath is. Don't do this, don't do this, don't have the sojourner do this. But when you hit 15, okay, it's different. It says, you shall remember, so after it's done, here's the Sabbath. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Why would God connect the Sabbath to the Exodus? What was the Exodus? Freedom from taskmasters, right? What does God want us to learn from that? If you will practice Sabbath rest in your life, the principle of Sabbath rest in your life, 
You will not give your life over to taskmasters. Let's say it differently. You won't give your life over to idols, addictions, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. All right, I'm trying to convince you guys that Sabbath matters, man, because it deals with your pride and it deals with your idols. That's why God put that in there. Okay, Sabbath, the principle of Sabbath matters. And so here's what I wanna do. I just wanna close with this. One, here, here's all I want you to do as you walk away from this thing today is that I want you to start paying attention and I want you to listen to me. Don't check out after I say this. I want you to test God in this. Let me tell you what I mean by that. God says about fasting and about rest, he goes, these will help you. But remember, most of us suck at this, okay? But he says it will help you, but we suck at this, right? Let's start, okay? Let's take, if we're thinking about rest, if you've never done a Sabbath pulling away for an extended time to hang out with God, if you've never done that, Start with two hours and say, hey, God, I want, I want to learn how to do this. I, I want to start to get good at this. And let me tell you what's going to happen, okay? You're going to get away for that two hours. And by the way, on your tables is a six or a, I think a six-page handout that will kind of help you know how to do these things, okay? And so don't read all six pages and say, I got to do all of this. Just start small do something, but challenge God. You tell me this is a means of grace for me. This is gonna make me love you better, love others better. Okay, I, 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 that's what I want. So I'm just gonna take a risk and I'm gonna take half a day on a Saturday morning and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna test you. And you're gonna get there in the first 45 minutes. Let me tell you what's gonna happen to your brain. Your to-do list is gonna fill up in 45 minutes. I mean, there's gonna be 100 things on there. And you write them all down and you say, God, I'm here to meet with you. Put those away. You may do worship music, you may journal, you may read the scriptures, you may walk, you may run, you may ride a bike, I don't know what it is. Okay, but test God in this whole idea. And what I mean by that is, hey, just God wants you to, be, get, to get better at this, to grow in this. And so here's the principle that I, I kind of live by in my life, and some of y'all, if I were here in the spring when I did the message, this will sound familiar to, to you. But just the way that I remember that is I need to devote daily, right? I need to withdraw weekly. And so let me tell you what mine looks like. I try to take, my days off are Friday and Saturday. And so I try to take some extended time on both Friday and Saturday in the morning. So I, I, I typically don't set an alarm, okay? Wake up whenever I wake up. And so for you guys that have got young kids, you just don't, you can't do this, right? But as my kids got older, this worked for me. And I would take, I'd get up, eat breakfast, and take nine to noon on Friday and nine to noon on Saturday, right? And I would just, and that's kind of my Sabbath. It doesn't look like the Old Testament Sabbath looks, but it's the Sabbath principle. And so for you guys that have got young kids in here, it's okay to use vacation time for this. So many of you guys don't burn your vacation it's okay to use vacation time for this. It's okay to trade out with your wives. Hey, I'll give you a Saturday 
if you'll let me have a Saturday. And it may not happen every week, right? But start to work, start to pay attention to how you do this. So devote daily, withdraw weekly. For me, I kind of migrate monthly is the way that I remember that. Okay, and so I just pull away once a month, and it's more of an evaluation time for me where I just say, how was my month? How did I do at loving my wife? How did I do at loving my kids? What, what, what patterns are developing that aren't healthy? What is that? And so it's just an evaluation time, but it's, I just take one of those Friday or Saturday mornings and I make it kind of a, a migrate monthly, a reflection time and a planning time for what's coming next. And then the last thing is abandon annually. And so I have a group of guys that I meet with every year and I've got a timeline for everything that happened since we've been together the last time. And so talk through highlights and lowlights and issues and what's coming in a bigger, broader picture of the pattern. And so if my life starts to get out of whack now, I start to develop hurts, habits, and hangups, addictions. Because I'm doing this, I catch those things faster and quicker before they get out of control. And so, guys, I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be here, right? I wouldn't be the campus pastor at Plano if I hadn't made some progress here. I, don't, I haven't figured it out. Lord, have mercy. I haven't figured it out. But I care about it, and I work at it, and I want to get better at it, and I think it really matters big time. So let me just close with this quote from Mark Buchanan. It's in your books. It says, in a culture where busyness is a fetish and stillness is laziness, rest is sloth. But without rest, we miss the rest of God. The rest invites us to enter more fully so that we might know him more deeply. Be still and know that I am God. Some knowing is never pursued, only received. That's a great line. Some knowing of God is not pursued. And as we can't make it happen, it's got to be received. And for that, you need to be still. Sabbath is both a day and an attitude to nurture such stillness. It is both time on a calendar and a disposition of the heart. It is a day we enter, but just as much a way we see or a way we look at life. Sabbath imparts the rest of God. This is really good. It says actual physical, mental, spiritual rest. So there's a physical aspect to it, but also the rest of God the things of God's nature and presence that we miss in our busyness. So there's a physical aspect to it, okay, but there's also a knowing of God to it. It's gonna help you know the Lord better if you practice this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the scripture. Uh, Look, we, we cannot ignore that you have said this matters. Father, our culture has told us for decades that this doesn't matter. And so it's just one of those places that it's difficult for us to be healthy in this area. And so, Father, we need your help. Would you use the teaching this morning? Pray that you would use just the time around the tables as we talk and discuss. And again, no guilt, no shame. Father, our heart is to... We just want to grow a little bit. We want to learn, teach us, Father, because we'll be healthier as individuals and healthier as a church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.